So, uh, I know quarantine and staying home have made people kind of do weird things. There's a lot of little weird videos and challenges and things like that. Have you guys kept up with some of our show regulars? Specifically, Charlie, have you kept tabs on how the food scientist has been doing? He's fine. His food never goes bad. Well, I'm a little concerned. And I'll show you why. Because I was at Taco Bell recently. And they have a new item for their $5 box. And I'm a little concerned for the food scientist. Okay, is it like just actually food? <laughs> it's it's food. It's food. New it f- looks... <laughs> so, I'm concerned be- Oh, You alright there, Charlie? Yeah, sorry, I clicked the wrong thing expecting a link to show up for this or something. Oh, it's coming. Okay. So, I'm a little concerned. Charlie, because I uh, I was at my local Taco Bell eatery recently. Please call it what it is, a taqueria. Yeah, my taqueria, yes. And there was this, the thing I can only describe as a human centipede-inspired chalupa that is now on the menu known as the tripalupa, which is three chalupas connected on the ends very much inspired by the human centipede. Well, so I'm a little concerned for our friend, the food scientist, right now. You're not describing this thing correctly because it's like a Venn diagram of everything terrible at Taco Bell or like a, <laughs> a flavor gradient, kind of the way you have a color gradient. Like, to, to, this will probably be the thumbnail this week, potentially. If not, it is three tacos kind of like surgically stitched together where the left side is cheesy, the middle is cheesy Chipotle, and the right side is Chipotle, implying that like. As you work your way across this thing, you go from cheesy to Chipotle or Chipotle to cheesy. You start in the center like a man and work your way left and right. But So I, I'm just a little concerned because, like, normally the food scientist stuff is kooky and fun. Like, oh, we're going to do donuts with chicken from KFC. It'll be fine. But this is taking a twist for the scary. And I'm a little concerned. Have you, have, can you, can you reach out to the food scientist and I, see how he's doing? I, I can reach out to the food scientist and see how he's doing. I, I can, I, I can make that call for you real quick, Alex. Okay. If you can make that call, please. I'd appreciate that. I, I can do that. Food scientist. Oh, there he is. Food scientist. How are you? Locked inside with my bad experiments. So, so first of all, huge fan. Um, let's, let's get that out of the way. That's a given. Uh, <laughs> uh, in more ways than one. But I digress. Um, so, you know, normally your food stuff is kooky. When we had the pizza with the bacon strips on the side, or on the crust from Little Caesars, I allowed it. When we had the, even the KFC donuts with the chicken, I'll allow it. But food scientist, my question for you today is, what the fuck, man? What is this Tripalupa? What is this human centipede inspired looking at shit, man? Are you okay? Should we send help? Well, the food scientist was watching Human Centipede the other night. Okay, first of all, what if you're watching that, you shouldn't have been making any food inspired. I'm concerned. Do you do you have everything you need? Are you okay? Do you want to join us in Skype sessions every once in a while? You can come on the podcast. I'm just concerned. Because this is some straight-up evil scientist shit. Normally, your scientist stuff is kooky and fun, and we all have a laugh. Alice, Alice, how do you think Taco Bell taco meat is made? We feed it to one man at the beginning, and it comes out 18 men later! 
It comes through a meat hose. Okay, I immediately regret this terrible now. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast episode 197. One few steps closer to our big 200th episode. 200 episodes, well actually I think we're technically over 200 if you count special episodes, but still, official number. Yes, our, our numbered episodes, we're, o- yes. we're almost at 200. Yes, so that means for regularly scheduled episodes, you guys have put up with our shit for at least 200 episodes, and you still love us, so hello. It's pretty close to like three years at that point, or four I years. I think so. Yeah, because it's what- Four years. Been. Yeah, very close to four years. Yeah, well, yeah. So 50- I think I. Go ahead. Well, because there's 52 weeks in a year, so if we're at 200, we're just depending on how you count it, kind of what eight shy of a full four years. We've had a couple weeks off and other things, and very special episodes, and people getting drunk and forgetting to press record, or passing out in bathrooms, or yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Wow. It's. I remember actually joining. Was it some in the upper just before the one hundreds? I think, right? That sounds about right. That sounds rightish. I can go back and find whatever the episode Jeff fell asleep drunk in a bathroom. We had to throw it out. And I had to make a quick preamble podcast to fill the <laughs> space. The one like after that's the one I think you officially became a full time person on the podcast. So, yeah, and then Henry joined. Probably in the early 100s, mid 100s, I want to say. Uh, somewhere around there. No. I've been on for a little, yeah. little over, like almost a, I guess, a year and four months. It was months before I moved, so it's at least a year. Yeah, okay. it's like about a year and four months, something like that. Because I joined in like a November or something. I think it was a uh, yeah, November wow. of 2018. So I've been I've been also I was here through all of 2019 and then now into 2020. Well, thank you all for for tuning in. We have some cool stuff planned down the line for our 200th episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, let's let's get through uh, these this first few and put in our 100% effort that we put in every episode and uh, and dive in here. So the usual cast is here today. We've got Charlie AK. Mordak Undivided. We've got Henry, aka Kraken Zero, also aka Nomad Har. And then you have me, Alex, aka Mavon Lun. Woody woo. But yeah. Um, how's isolation treating you guys? Are you guys in the isolation levels or are you just stay at home, like go out if you need to kind of thing? I haven't left my property in three, almost four weeks, I think. I've it's kind of become a blur. Gotcha. I, you know, it's funny. I kind of feel that way, and it's only been a few days. Because well, I, well, I know what day ahead. it is. It's the passage of time where it's like, how long <laughs> have you been doing this? Fuck if I know. I just know it's Sunday when we're recording this. I'm kind of an introvert, anyways, so it's not really a big change for me. I, if I don't tend to leave the house unless I have to, so or or you know really want to. So I, I think that's why. To a large extent, it's like, I'm not going stir-crazy, because A, I have lots of things to do. I have so many hobbies and so many, just everything. I 
I'll, you know, I don't really run out of things to do. And yeah, the other thing is I, yeah, I'm kind of used to doing this anyways. So it's just now I go out a bit less than I used, than I would normally. So I think this is much harder on people that are more extroverted than I am. Yeah, I, it's me and Jen went full like we're locking down to just not expose ourselves, period, which I, I don't know if that's completely the right choice, but it's been working fine for us so far. Like, we have the supplies to do that for a while kind of thing. I think our goal is to kind of make it through the end of April before we leave the property, which I think we should be able to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's... There's just no real reason for us to leave our property at this point, which I think is... I'm not going to say what separates us from the majority of people I know that keep making dumb choices, but... like I'm not saying leaving if you have to go grocery shopping is one thing, but like my point to some people where it's like, you have the means to transport and store more. Stop shopping on a weekly basis kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, tr- try and limit how much you're leaving. Uh, like, I... We've gone so far as, like, we don't even do takeout or anything like that, though, either. Like, literally, like, no delivery. Like, the only things that are from the outside world that have entered my house are, like, sh- are is shipped, is, like, shit we had shipped from Amazon to us or something like that. We're just, it's like, yeah, there's no way to not, there's no way to have, like, prepped this beforehand. And even that we pretty heavily diminished on. And even that once has been the quarantine shed for about a week, so, yeah. 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 Um... Yeah, I guess, yeah, for me, I have still, like, ordered out from a few places because I want to support some of my local places that I do like a lot. See, that's where I'm at. Like, a part of me's not totally convinced that, like, a pizza box is going to kill me, but at the same time, it's just not worth the fight, and I don't need to be spending money on pizza right now. Like, it's... I would kill for some pizza right now, but it makes Jen a tad uncomfortable, that whole concept, so it's kind of a, eh, we'll wait till the end of April, and then we'll loosen up the rules some. Uh, it also doesn't help that we've spent the last week trying to play the game of low-level corona symptoms or allergies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, I, I ordered out uh, from, just this Friday, I ordered from uh, Kahuna Tiki. Uh, basically ordered some of their sushi and some of their cocktails. And, yeah, it yeah because that's a locally owned place that I don't want to see just bottom yeah. out and go completely out of business and, and because it's it's an extremely unique place mm. i can't i uh, words kind of don't fit kind of fail to describe what it's like when you actually go in because it's all open air and yeah. it's it's just like being somewhere else it really is it's like a little oasis in the middle of a city and so but yeah, that's the thing, and that's that's kind of you know more of a fear that I think for me is like I don't want to see some of those kind of smaller places just completely bottom out because people can't go to them. Yeah, oh no, and our issue is the fact that our our neck of the woods has been real bad about this whole staying home thing. So it's one of those ones where it's like. Ah, uh, god damn it! Y'all had to ruin it for all of us that are like, no, we're being responsible. <laughs> yeah, uh, it seems like here, like where I'm at, people are pretty much following it. The only people I see going out and about, I'm pretty sure, are essential. Are are going to work. They're they're going to 
places that are still open. This last week, me and Jen got to watch a pretty heaviest swing on the like local Facebook group from y'all are making this shit up to, oh shit, I know like nine people just died of the virus, and I'm like, this is why a bunch of us haven't left our houses in three weeks, you <laughs> fuckers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, you know, I, I think I mentioned this. I'm originally from Oklahoma. Yeah. And while the people around them have been kind of slower to be on the uptake, my own parents have been doing the shelter in place thing because they are definitely of the age where it's, it's, they are far more at risk yeah. for serious symptoms. Oh no, the, the average age of my neck of the woods where I live is probably in that area too. The issue is they're also, very much of that group that's like, this is a hoax made up by mainstream media, man. Oh god, nine of my friends died. Yeah, my my parents have been taking it very seriously. They've only left to get groceries at this point, and to, you know, to stock up on yeah. groceries, and that's it. Because, yeah, they're like, yo, we're not taking chances. Yeah. Yo, my, my parents are sensible people. My they're, parents they're... have not handled this one well, but that's a separate topic. It's like their church has already has already gone to Facebook Facebook streams, which yeah. is good. I'm glad that their church is taking it seriously, and they're like, "Yep, we're not gathering anymore. We're doing streams because that's you know we could and using Zoom." So yeah, there you go, technology. Well, probably in like a last depressing Corona topic we should talk about. Like I think it's. You need to look no more for the, what's that whole Korean, like, patient 13 or whatever her name is, his name is, their name is. It's, like, they're responsible technically for, like, 80% of the cases in um, South Korea or something. Yeah, they got, um, basically got out of isolation, and just because of what they do, they were in contact with so many people. Yeah. It's just, like, one vector. It took one vector to basically just have, make them, force them to start over again and track it down. Yeah. See, that's what testing does, and and I've and I've I don't want to get into that too deeply, but it's just like when you test more people, you can track the vectors and track how it's growing and try to contain it better. That's that's one of the good things that widespread testing can do. It's not just about testing people with symptoms. Yeah, you need to test people that might possibly be carriers, and then which makes them vectors for it. But anyways. Yes. You're about to say something, Alex? Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, no, I'm I mean I'm since I'm out of state from normal home and I live up here, which is my new home, I've always my number one thing has been, you know, making sure my parents are okay yeah. more than anything else. And mm -hmm. they've been pretty good. Um unfortunately they did just get laid off, which sucks. So Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But they're they've always been super financially like fiscally smart and things like that, if you will. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be fine. But it was interesting because last week I, I, I called my parents, or, you know, I talked to my parents every week and all that. So, um, yeah, just hearing, like, everybody's getting laid off, which is a huge thing. And it's like, these people are eventually going to have to go look for work. And there's going to be a thing where people have to go in, like, because of the necessity to be able to yep. live. It's, yeah. That's, I that's genuinely a, don't know how my job exists still at this point, if we're being totally honest. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm super lucky with my job because I'm, you know, government job and all that. You're but. considered essential at this point, still, aren't you? Yep. I, I know. I, I have no fucking clue how I'm still employed in some ways. 
I'm super thankful I am, but I'm like, how? Why? Yeah. So. Yep. But yeah. Um, after all the sad COVID news stuff, um, there should be some good stuff hopefully in our week. I did some <laughs> stuff somehow, yeah. Yeah. I'll go over mine real quick okay. here. Because I don't have a lot. Um, so, I actually, well, as far as work stuff goes, I did actually work from home half Half of my work week was at home, which is interesting. And I really liked it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not the fact that, like, obviously I'm at home, but, like... Turns having... out not commuting is awesome. It yeah. really is. Is this your and... first time you've gotten to actually work from home in your life? Uh, officially, yes. Yeah. So, um, it's nice, you know, waking up a little bit before I have to start. Just getting up, <laughs> walking to my computer, logging in, and doing all my stuff that I need to do. Like, it was it was productive, and it was nice to, like, every once in a while walk away for a second and just, like, hug the dogs and walk back to my desk and keep working. So, it was it was really nice. So, um, so for the time being, for the immediate future, we're, our work stuff is set up where two people in, or we have two days you're in the office, two days you're working from home to kind of spread out the the number of people in the office at any given point. Yeah. So, but it's not bad. It's pretty nice. Um, might even be getting hazard pay at some point. So who knows? Ugh, just because we have a lot of people coming into the building for picking up laptops and things like that. Exposure. Yes. So that might be a thing. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, but that's far as work stuff goes. As far as, like, game stuff goes, um, I did actually play more than WoW this week. Oh! Believe it or not. Yeah. Um, I dove in and started fucking around on Division 2 some more, uh, which is okay. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of in the place where they're not, I should uninstall it or, and then put Destiny 2 back on. Like, I'm like, ah, You should do that know. so we all can play together. Yeah. Can we all play together on PC? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh. That may be an option, then. Uh, yeah, because I don't play with anybody on Division 2. I'm by myself on that one. Um, yeah, but other than that, like, uh, Division 2, I played some Smite, Brawlhalla, like, I got to kind of dabble How in some other How is Laura Croft in Brawlhalla? Uh, she's based off of a character that I normally main, so for me, it's a nice skin alternative. Sure. But, like, when they do those special, like, releases for characters, they're usually based off of an existing character's moveset. It's just a special... Mm. Kind of look skin, if you will. So I, I will still always remember the fact that I had never played Brawlhalla before and still made it decently far. Extra Life United tournament I was in with it. I'm like, it's like, did you practice this? I've never even. I didn't know this game existed prior to today. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I like that game a lot. I, I'm kind of sad they never brought it back when I went to Extra Life United because they did this other one that I was not a fan of. But yeah, if they ever brought back Brawlhalla for that, I would. Super stoked. Although this year for Extra Life United Online, uh, they're doing um, Power Rangers Battle of the Grid. So. Ooh. So that yeah. Might, um, that might be a hilarious problem. I think that game has some infinite <laughs> combo issues still. Probably. Although it's kind of funny because they also, um, I guess they part of the whole thing was you were, you're able to do, cause you know how they have like special qualifier tournaments yeah. for like the big, they're counting Extra Life United as a qualifier tournament, so I'm expecting all the pros to fucking show up online and literally <laughs> just fucking molly. That would make me so happy because 
how I'm not sure we were doing the pod. Were we doing the podcast back then for this? I can't remember. Like how they ran that tournament when I went was bullshit. It's still like it lingers in my day of man. If you brought some actual pros into this, I would fucking be into this because it would be hilarious. They've gotten a lot better about it. Um, I will, I will say that just because um, I've seen like what's it called? Um, when I was there, they ran things a little bit better. Um, but on top of that, when I was there, as far as the production goes and all that, they actually had Spooky from Team Spooky and the FGC help out in the background doing stuff. And so he's he that that dude's a fucking seasoned like AV, you know, tournament yeah, kind of guy. You went like so. the year after I did, I think. I was pretty yeah. fucking vocal about the bullshit I went through the year I was there. I remember that. <laughs> but um yeah, no, it was it was it was a lot better well run. I did I did not like the fact that they got rid of those church side tournaments where you can make a bunch of money, which sucked because before you just win, but they had this weird like well, that currency. was like that was part of the issue. The side tournaments were caused half of the tor- issues with the actual tournaments because people yeah. were over there. It's like no, I can't leave this. It's like you you shouldn't be here if you're still in the running. Yeah, mm. no, and so they got rid of a lot of the side tournaments and they gave you like the they gave you like extra life bucks. And so you could bet, but the problem is nobody wanted to bet their money to compete in other little homemade side tournaments. I mean, I made some money doing some side betting and doing stuff, but like most people didn't want to because it was at least a guaranteed hundred hundred bucks for their uh, their extra life like page. So yeah, that is the problem with that. Yes, I. The so. moment you said extra life bucks, I'm like, ah, yes, you mean the issue every casino has. When they're like, here's $20 in chips, free. It's like, why don't I just cash this out and buy myself alcohol? No, come play. Shit, they're on to us. <laughs> yeah. So. So, uh, yeah. Um, and, and I got to do my first tabletop game this past week. I was wondering if we were going to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I definitely wanted to talk about it because it's like you guys are pretty seasoned. It sounds like when yeah. it comes to this stuff. So for me, this was my actual first tabletop game that I did. That not like I mean I've done board games, but like an actual like they're tabletop different. Test. I don't even consider them yeah. in the same area. Like they take place in the same venue, but yeah. knowing how to do one does not make you good at the other necessarily. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So I was very happy to uh, to have finally. Put that notch in my belt, if you will. So, yeah, it was cool. I had a lot of fun, actually. I look forward to our future game. Yeah. Yeah, that is me. <laughs> that was my week. All right, Who cool. would like to go next? I'll go next. I guess sure. probably the biggest thing I did this week is I GM'd a table of the Tales in the Loop game we all played. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I I finished watching Beastars as well. I I still don't know what I think of that show, but I really enjoyed that show, I think. It's unbelievably pervy in an entertaining way, I think. It's what I needed in these dark times. Yeah. And then I chose to follow it up by starting to watch the show Outsider on uh, HBO, and that's some Lovecraftian, uh, God, not, uh, what the, what the fuck's his name? The It guy, um... Stephen King? Stephen King-ass bullshit in a good way. It's... It is the most I've enjoyed a Stephen King thing in a while. Mm. Yeah. Now yeah, I mostly lots of Animal Crossing. I think that uh, the Bunny Day event going on right now is fucking bullshit, and is actually really bad. 
and I'm not alone in that perspective. A lot of people are not a fans of it. Like it, it it's me- it, it is single-handedly killing my willingness to play that game right now because I can't make meaningful progress in anything I care about because the fucking bunny day event keeps getting in the way of that. Where it's like, oh, you caught this fish? It was actually an egg, and I'm like, I don't want the eggs. I don't want anything from this event. Everything about this event is bullshit. But you can make these cool egg-themed pieces of furniture that all look terrible. I'm never going to build any of these. No! There's so much fun! Here's all these DIY recipes you use to make them. Yet, no one is doing this. <laughs> also, the logo, the mascot for this is fucking creepy, and I hate it. <laughs> it seems... I mean, alright, so it seems like... To me, it looks more like an animatronic, you know, like in Chuck E. Cheese or something like that. You know, a Five Nights at Freddy's type of thing. Then it does the typical Animal Crossing character. I think they made a big mistake having this event within a month of the game coming out. Like, it's... Next year, I won't care about Bunny Day. I'll probably just be like, whatever, fuck it. It's the fact that... It is actively getting in the way of me, like, uh, hoarding materials and making money because, like, one in three fish I pull up are actually eggs. And it's like, oh, it's <laughs> eggs. They're not worth, like, it's the, if they are worth a bunch of money and I could sell them to Tom Nook, I'd be like, whatever. But no, they're just kind of garbage. And it's like, oh, it's a fossil. It's an egg. Oh, it's a present. It's an egg. Oh, it's a fish. It's an egg. Yeah, I, it's. The idea is okay. I wish you could turn it off. Like, I wish you could talk to Hopper, whatever the fuck his name is, and just be like, nah, brah, I don't believe in your bunny day bullshit, and they would turn the thing off for your world, and then you could come back and be like, <laughs> okay, I'm no longer a killjoy, let me do bunny day, which no one would do, because bunny day fucking sucks, but <laughs> that's either here nor there. I'm not sure if it's boredom or lack of things to write about, but as best I can tell, a lot of people that write for video game stuff on the internet agree with me that Bunny Day fucking sucks. I've heard a lot of people actually complain about, like, that game. I, it's, I think it's... I think between the Switch, COVID-19, and all of us being forced to be home and play way too much of that game, and just where video games are at, the first time when a new one of those has come out it's a very different way of playing that game um Mm. like i I, i've read some stuff that are kind of op-eds on the idea of because we're all playing a shit ton of that because we have nothing to do but go on social media and look what other people are up to there's a lot of fomo going on like i you got to remember a bunch of that game is based on random draw so it's possible like i i have yet to see a table ever in that game and that's, I guess, enough of a problem that some people are like, do tables even exist in this game? And mm. I don't have an answer for you on that. I don't, I don't genuinely know. Like, well, I know, like, one of the things they've complained about, at least as far as, like, Animal Crossing goes and all that, is in, the, in this new version, tools can break. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that, but at the same time, though, too, axes could always break until you got the gold ones. Uh, it's Well, even the gold ones can break, is what I was hearing. They can? That's bullshit. Yeah. That's what I was reading. That like, is bullshit. Everything that, breaks, including gold tools. That is bullshit. That means there's no reason to get gold tools. Because I assume gold tools just meant they didn't break anymore. Like, that That fucking sucks. I did not know about that. Uh, it's... I, 
if that is indeed the case, I agree with that. I think that's a real bad system. I, uh, for a game all about reshaping the island the way you want it to be, the fact you can only have one public work going at a time, I think is also trash. But that's a whole separate topic. I, for a long time, I have always wondered why there wasn't more like um, Stardew Valley or um, Harvest Moon DNA in the Animal Crossing franchise. And I think this game is finally explaining to me why maybe that's a terrible idea, but yeah, I, I don't know. I yeah. Well, I've like I said, I I just thought that was interesting. That like I know that's one of the people complaints I saw on Twitter and on the you know Reddit's here and there. But like yeah, yeah. Uh, there are reports people talk about how their golden shovel you know lasted longer, but it broke, and the golden axe broke after a day. Like yeah. So, I just figured you'd, you'd know about that, but yeah, no, I guess that's... Yeah, I've been trying to stay off the social media for this game as best I can. Like, it's... Yeah. Just kind of playing around is whatever. Like, it's... The Bunny Day stuff has killed my momentum in that game in a way that I'm like, huh, maybe I'm not going to play this game as long as I thought I was. Because I was hot and heavy with that game for a while, and my will to play that's dropped down to kind of like I've been playing this game for six months apathy. I, it's it's weird. Like, I, the number of games I thought I'd be really into right now, but like, yeah, Destiny and Animal Crossing, two games that benefit from me having nothing better to do than play video games have driven me to just be like, I'm going to watch Green Book finally. Why? I, I, I don't want to play video games right now. Because <laughs> the two games I'd play a lot of right now, I just don't want to play. I've had a lot of fun playing video games <laughs> my time here at home. I gotta <laughs> say, I'm on the other side. I've also been working got... from home for a lot longer than you have. Like This is true. Yeah, it, you also get to leave your home still some. Like I, it, I, I'm not trying to like flex me and Henry's stay-at-home lifestyle right now, but like mm. you can talk when you're like a solid four weeks into, huh, I left the house two weeks ago. For an hour. Fair enough. Yeah, it's... You don't have the full monotony that me and Henry have going on right now. It's a little different. <laughs> Not trying Fair. to say it's better or worse, just saying it's different. Like, I have... It, I, I am finally getting around to some TV shows I said I would get around to, because I'm like, I could play video games. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, I but also kind of on the same watching category. I think I told you guys about this when we were playing it, but like, the, so the TV show based off of Tales from the Loop is also out, and as someone who's GMing that stuff right now, it's a really cool show. Uh, it's it takes place in Ohio. It's I enjoy the fact they could have picked either of the settings from the tabletop game. They picked another one. Uh, it's it's weird because a lot of people are like, how the fuck do you make a TV show out of art? And I'm like, no, they made a TV show out of a tabletop game. And that's cool. Yep. Yeah. That's remarkably easy to do. And like, and the show is episodic, meaning that like each episode's kind of its own self-contained thing, and it feels oh. a lot like the tabletop game in a weird way. I'm like, no, like, yeah, this is how you adapt this setting into this, and I dig it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's neat. It's I, I highly recommend to watch. Like it's Black Mirror, but not but not like horrible. Yeah, 
I'm not saying Black Mirror is terrible. Current Black Mirror is terrible. Those since of Black Mirror are fine. Like it's it's more just kind of fun stories of person encounters weird technology. Weird technology is weird. Yeah. And stuff happens. Kind of the tabletop game is where it's like technology's not good or bad, it's just malfunctioning or has consequences people didn't know about when they turned it on, kind of thing. I neither here nor yeah. there. What have you been up to, Henry? Alright, so I've been kind of watching the normal things I've been watching for a while now. I haven't started anything new. I finished off the this second season of Isekai Quartet. Looks like it's probably gonna go a third season. Like it seems like they I don't know if they've officially announced it, but it sure seems like they are. And so yeah, so I yeah, I got to play I played, you know, Tales of the Loop with everybody and that was fun. Everybody's chosen some unique types of characters to play, and I think that's cool. Yeah. I had a chance to... You will have a well, fourth starting Monday. Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I played a a tabletop, tabletop simulator for the first time, actually, with other people. Oh! Uh, played Orléans, which is... It's a, I guess... It's kind of a deck builder type game. Uh, yeah, it's just it's one of those big, intense, full of rules style of a uh, table of a uh, you know of a uh, board games where there's all sorts of counters and all sorts of things and and you get kind of collecting victory points and whoever has the most points in the end when you calculate it wins. And but yeah, it works pretty well. I mean, at this point, tabletop simulator has so much Steam Workshop content to yeah. it that if you can think of a board game or a card game or anything you could that's possibly a physical style of game, it's there. Somebody's put it in. And so, yeah, so I, had, I hadn't played it before. And it's one of those games where there are a ton of rules and ways to do things, but it gets it's actually not that bad when you start playing it. That is, it's easier to learn in motion, in a certain sense, yeah. as you're playing it, and it becomes clearer the way certain things are going to work out. And yeah, that was that was interesting. It was pretty cool. I, but yeah, that yeah, Orleans is the name of that particular game that we played on there. Yeah, and there's just tons of stuff at this point on there, and might make that a bit of a regular thing, like to gather people for sort of a, you know, one night play a tabletop sim is like many it also has like voice built into it and if you have a vr headset you can play everything set up to be vr friendly as well so you can actually move the pieces around and in a virtual sense mm. which is pretty cool um i also played a new video game that's still in its sort of i guess early access phase called West of Dead. And it's I think the well probably probably the mo thing it's most notable for is Ron Perlman is doing the voice of the main character. And that's always a joy because he's just a good he's a good actor, period. Mm -hmm. Like he's uh, he's one of my favorite actors, but he's also a great voice actor. I mean, this isn't the first time he's done voice acting. We most recognize him from the Fallout series at this point, at least, uh, you know, three and beyond. 
But yeah, uh, Ron Perlman voiced main character. And it is a isometric, uh, isometric twin stick. Uh, ex- except it's not like a frenetic twin stick. It's just, you, you just use the other stick for aiming and shooting. And it is Western theme. It's sort of Old West, like American Old West theme. And it's, yeah, it's a roguelite, which means that it has the kind of rogue, rogue, it's not turn-based or anything like that, but it has the, it's more the, has more the elements of its procedurally generated levels and, you know, where power-ups appear and things like that. So there's a randomness every time you start the game. And it was pretty cool. It's got some neat mechanics, like it has, uh, I haven't seen this in a isometric shooter before. It has uh, cover mechanics, so when you get close to cover, you automatically just sort of snap to it, and you can fire safely from cover, but cover also gets depleted. It can be shot out by other characters. But yeah, you can utilize the cover pretty easily. You have two wep- You can only hold two weapons and two special items at the same time, as well as a third kind of extra item, or a, I guess a fifth. I mean, well, a fifth item overall. But yeah, you have two, two weapons, and so I generally kept a shotgun in one slot and a rain more of a range weapon in the other, and then I was utilizing more of the defensive items. But yeah, it's it was pretty fun, and the only thing it's really missing that I think is an egregious thing that it's missing is there's no way to save the game and come back to it. And I found that out after playing it, and then I was like, oh, it seems like it was saving or something, and then I quit, and it was like, no option to continue. Like, uh, rogue, like any sort of a game like that, you know, yes, it has permadeath, but it also, if you, basically it has sort of a you can save it, but you can't, like, go back to a save. When you save, you quit the game. Like, there's... And then you restart it from that save. You can't... That's kind of the point. You you know, instead of being able to sort of die and go back to a save. But it needs a save option really badly because it seems like it would be a pretty long game. And, yeah, I got about... I don't know. I guess I was an hour into it, and I was like, oh, I think I'd like to take a break. So I, like, quit, and then... Can't continue. Oh. Hmm. Why? Yeah, that seemed very silly. So they... That's that's the thing with these early access games. They are... Early access. Yeah, they are definitely very early access. And that was just more frustrating. I'm like, how how do you forget to add in the save? But otherwise, like, the art style is fantastic. It just... Yeah, the art, it just looks great. The game looks amazing. It actually looks really great. And the dev honestly, team has heard your notes and are adding save as soon as convenience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I hope that people are kind of giving that feedback of you need to put a save option in there, or else a lot of people aren't going to sit around for four hours of gameplay and checking it out. So, yeah, that's uh, West, West of Dead. It's it's a good game, and I think it's one that uh, it's kind of up my alley, and I think I'd probably be willing to buy it when it comes out full. As of right now, it is free. Like, the early early access is hmm. free at the moment, so I think that's definitely worth checking out if you are interested in a 
twin-stick shooter that's not frenetic, that's more patient and more tactical, I would say. But, yeah, outside of that, I did keep playing. I've continued to play Destiny 2. I'm basically, I'm working through, I don't know, various more exotic type quests than anything, trying to yeah. either get I'm, an exotic or get a catalyst or finish out a catalyst. I think I'm back to Destiny 2 this week just to kind of be like, okay, is it better yet? No. They're just making more bunkers, and I'm like, uh, they're still kind of uninspired. Well, there's only one bunker left, I guess. Like, part of me is curious what happens post all three bunkers, and if yeah. that's not cooler than bunkers, then I think there's a real problem. I It's... I have seen a number of people basically saying, like, man, between Trials and the Bunker shit this season, they may actually kill this game by accident. Yeah. Really? I... Trials is fucked. Yeah. The Bunkers aren't bad, they're just not fun. Like, I, it's... <sighs> last season wasn't amazing, and I definitely played more of last season than I should've. But going from last season to this season is a dramatic step down in shit worth doing, and it shows, and it's a real problem. And like I've I said, honestly, like I've yeah, said, I honestly, several, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, like I've said several times, like uh, the Trials of Osiris stuff is for a very specific group of people. Yeah, and I think. A lot of people miss un like don't understand how good or bad they are at PvP, and when you step into trials, you're stepping into a real RNG situation where if you're real lucky, you might get to play some evenly matched people, but you might not. And the PC version of that thing is fucked with cheaters. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, aim people using aim bots a lot. I've noticed. Because they're just, well, often you can tell, and I mentioned this before, yeah. they're the people who will sit back at range and just snipe people, but if you get close to them and then just clobber them easily, you realize they're using an aimbot. When there's that much of a difference between their ability to shoot you at range and to shoot you up close, that's, it's like, yeah, it, they've been using an oh, aimbot. Oh, it's bad enough that one of the few Destiny YouTubers I follow with this one, Astacross, or Astacross, however the fuck you pronounce his, ga his gamer tag, has several videos that are basically like, did you lose to cheaters? Like, did you lose or did you get cheated on? And it's like, yeah, so here are a bunch of the indications. Like, it got bad enough. He started, like, going into, like, during live streams, jumping into people's, like, Steam profiles and being like, huh, this Steam profile has multiple VAC fans on it. I mm. bet I know why we're losing. <laughs> yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, there's with the amount of cheaters, it's just it that just takes even if there was fun in trials, it takes out what little fun there is. Well, he takes it one step further too, where he's like, "Remember when all y'all really interested?" Well, he, he has a southern accent, so I always, whenever I say anything, I speak southern for a second. He basically brings up the fact he's like, "Remember how all of you were really excited went to Steam? We'd have less cheaters on Epic." <laughs> yep. He's I like, don't believe you. I, oh, the net code's not <laughs> as broken open. Like, he basically says, he's like, we would have been better off staying on Battle.net or Epic, or he's like, or anything that doesn't have 
this giant user base that people have broken into to install cheats. Like he's like, yeah, the the downside to being on this platform is that people have found ways to circumvent the security on this platform. And also, I don't think the VAC bans apply to Destiny because it's not a Steam game or it's not a it's not a Valve game, so it's a separate thing. It's yeah. problematic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's yeah, it's a real issue. And there again, for trials being as sort of what it is, make for me that just removes any oh, I, I, I think the, fun in the game. And I and that's things like, but I know I'll never play it. I am a middle of the road PvP person. Like I play Crucible still yeah. a good bit, but it's like I'm pretty squarely in the two and a half ratio range. Yeah. Which puts me kind of in the middle. It does not it I'm generally not at the top unless I just had it you know, I've had games where I've been like three point five and would and that's probably the best I've ever done. So I'm I'm clearly not really cut out for a hardcore PvP like Oh, I'm walking proof of how much bullshit your KD ratio is to how good a player you are, because I will have amazing KDs and be like no, no, I play terrible. I will have amazing gameplays where it's like, you died a bunch. I'm like, yeah, but I also just, like, got us all the points that game. Yeah. But, yep, yeah, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much, I mean, I, yeah, there again, I have, I have loads of games uh, to play, but it's funny, I've only been playing a handful, yeah. really. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have other things that I'm doing, too. So, I, I mean, installed I have other Dead by Daylight last night. I think I may start mm. giving that thing more of a shot. Yeah, it's in a good... Sh- it it kind of goes up and down, especially whenever they add a new killer. It's either, wow, they're really underpowered, or, wow, they're really overpowered, and they're going to take some balancing. It's going to take a while, because balancing an asymmetrical PvP is hard. Yeah. <laughs> and it appears and my beloved Death Garden is dying, so, yeah. Yep. But, yep, that was that was pretty much my week. Yeah. So, I guess it's time for some I news. suppose it is. <laughs> All right, uh, we got gaming news. I wish I'd organized this better before we got into this. Uh, let's start off with the biggest, and I do mean the biggest news that we have this week. E3 2020 may be canceled, but we already have dates for E3 2021. Yeah, we gotta make sure the influencers book their flights on time. June fifteenth yeah. to seventeenth is uh, E3 2021. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, you know that song? Like, a it's the time travel song. I don't, I don't know even who it's from. They did, they did a parody of it in Futurama where it's like. If mankind can survive, it's like if E three can persevere in the year twenty twenty one. Yep, yep, yeah. I yeah. I mean, <sighs> I think that's the thing. I think also this, what's going on right now, is making people realize even more that yeah, maybe we don't actually even really need E three that much because I've had a lot of time to read things. I've been reading up on kind of like, some of the ramifications that we may see from this that people don't fully think about right now, and one of the things people have talked about is 
we're pretty sure we're going to see a bunch of fan conventions just end this year because they kind of relied on rolling revenue from year to year and the chances they survive kind of a year gap in between the two is surprisingly low. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually, it's, it's, I was reading something earlier, I think it was on Twitter, um, J- was it uh, Jabaley, the one who hosts all the uh, the Florida FGC stuff? Don't know. He does CEO? Yeah. So he was talking about, like, he's going to have to keep an eye on it, because if he just cancels everything now, he's bankrupt. Yeah. He won't be able to do anything else after this, because he puts a lot of money into that whole yeah. thing. So, like, that's a fucking eye-opener, like, yeah. he's been doing tournaments for a while now, like... He's not some small name, and for him to be like, I can't just cancel it right off the bat, because if I do, and things end up changing where they're okay with opening stuff up, like, I'm bankrupt. Well, and this kind of rolls into the kind of the, the morality question of it, where fucking con flu has existed for a long time, and mm-hmm. at least me personally kind of looks at, like, will we be okay with the idea of con flu in a post-COVID world? Like, people are going to keep getting sick, that's unavoidable to a certain extent, but the fact that we were going, the fact we're going to keep having events where we knowingly know you will get sick at this, and not like a small cough, potentially like out of work for a week sick, because every time we do these things, people get sick, and we just got done with this really potentially devastating version of conflu, essentially. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, I put on mm. your crazy conspiracy theory hat for a second. Like, maybe it's not so crazy given the world we live in now. Like, imagine if... Uh, imagine the toll, potentially, that could have happened this year if PAX had happened. Yeah. If E3 had happened, kind of thing. Like, it's the... Mm-hmm. Like, at a minimum, you'd have seen kind of a rolling cascade of potential delays as, like, entire game studios got sick and had to work through a more persistent virus than normal conflu is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is something I've thought about where it's like what does the moving forward of this mean for large events that we know have disease problems with them? Yeah. Hmm. Like any of the yeah, I mean in then you know convention season Only coming up in the wind, you know, kind of in the fall, yeah, where you get the heavy, the heaviest amount of conventions seem to be around in the fall or winter. Yeah, they're not in the spring or summer. Yeah, so yeah, we aren't into convention season yet, so we aren't going to see it. But I mean, it's like there are questions as to whether, even you know, as far away, you know, to some extent, the fall still is. Are all of those conventions still going to happen? And yeah, I mean these these are some interesting things to think about. I mean, I have I've been a con goer for many many years now. Like mainly going to anime and comic book conventions. Yeah. Occasionally mm-hmm. to like a game more of a game centric convention. But yeah, it's like, and I think they're in, kind of important for a lot of people for sort of feeling community, having a sense of community. And so it's like post-COVID, you know, how are we... Yeah, it's it's weird to think about just how, to an extreme sense, this is causing everything to be reconsidered. 
Yeah, dimensions are a part of that. Yeah, it's one of those ones where moving forward in the most cynical way possible. I will have to think about like, hey, there's a pretty real chance I get sick at this event. How concerned am I about potentially getting sick? And historically, I'd be like, eh, you get sick, you get sick. But we've now lived through something that, like, yes, it is kind of like the flu, but damn, is it contagious, and damn, is it killed a lot of people already. Yeah, it's, yeah, when you get the symptoms, they are super serious. Or not. Like, that's the thing. It's not like it's one size fits all. It's all fucking over the place. So all it yeah. I I know we're sounding attack conspiratorial and a little hyperbolic right now, but like, remember, you can have COVID-19 and have none of the symptoms or have incredibly minor symptoms and then pass it to someone and they could be dead in 48 hours. You just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and all it would take is someone who has like the sniffles or a mild cough they think might be allergies going to a convention to spread yep. something like this all over again kind of thing. And it's not like you're exposing to a couple hundred people, you're exposing it to potentially thousands. kind of tens of thousands. Yeah, then, tens of thousands. Who then go to an airport exposing it to more people, who then get on a plane mm-hmm. exposing it to more people, who then go to another country, state, whatever, and expose it to, again, potentially hundreds of thousands of more people. Like We already talked about it once in this podcast, but like, the whole 80% of the cases in South Korea can be linked back to one person. That's how contagions happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. All it takes is one vector that has a yeah. lot of contact. Yeah. It's why New York is getting so fucked raw in this situation, because subways. And it's, it's a densely, yeah. super densely po- populated area. I mean, it's like, Los Angeles, yeah, it's big, but we really aren't that densely populated There is space here. between my house and both my neighbors, yeah. Yeah, we don't really have the same levels of high-rise apartments. We don't really have many very high-rise yeah, apartments. I, the the yeah. dark secret of my industry for years has been cruise ships are nightmares, and I think people are yeah. now learning cruise ships are indeed nightmares. Like, your crazy theme park friends are like, never go on a cruise ship because they're nightmares. Here's your proof. <laughs> yep. That went we just, farther than I thought it was going to. So <laughs> shall we just talk about make this COVID corner? And yeah, let's go through all the other COVID stuff now that we're on the topic. I guess. Uh, let's go to the next E three related one though, if I can find it real quick. Oh yeah, Bethesda won't be doing a digital E three this year because of COVID nineteen. I I had the weirdest realization the other day about Bethesda. So, What's that? The, the super cool version of Doom came with the Doom Slayer helmet, and I briefly thought about getting that and didn't, and then remembered this is technically the same company that brought us the, like, the mold-growing Fallout 76 helmets, and I'm like, how the uh-huh. fuck are you allowed to sell a wearable helmet again? <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> who's allowing this? Okay, so to be fair... GameStop was the one who produced that helmet. They only got the licensing from Fallout. So as much shit as we like to give Fallout for all the shit they've done, I just want to correct, put it on the record that it was not actually Fallout and Bethesda specifically, but it was a license thing through GameStop. I did not know that. I I believe that could be true, except for the fact that I'm pretty sure you could buy that helmet from not GameStop. 
they have another helmet that Bethesda makes that doesn't have the mold issue. Okay, the mold fair. one was specific to games. No, fair. From I, what I remember. I, that feels wrong, because I swear you could buy, like, because it, it, it was Bethesda's problem, not GameStop's. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, let's, let's not spend too much time dwelling on this, but it was definitely something I was thinking the other day where I'm just like, huh, okay, yeah, no. Uh, furthermore, in COVID-19 corner, uh, CD Projekt Red has donated uh, $950,000 to fight COVID-19. Sony has donated $100 million to fight COVID-19. These are both very big numbers. Yeah. Uh, there's some other stuff, too. Where is it? Um, maybe that's it for COVID Corner this week. Yeah. Um, well, we have a, you know, a couple, yeah. Um, we can talk yeah. about a WHO oh, yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the World Health Organization. The same World Health Organization recently qualified gaming disorder as a disease. Yeah, which uh, we ultimately decided is actually a good idea. We scoffed. Yes, it's a, as, a, as a form of addiction. I mean, it really, I mean, it is. Yep. Um, but in any case, they are creating a a new campaign called the Play Apart Together campaign. And yeah, just to promote, yeah, playing video games, you know, socially, but not in the same room. You know, kind of, yeah, don't do couch co-op right now. Just take advantage of the technology to do virtual couch co-op. Because they're, I mean, Steam recently rolled out their own version of like, yeah. here's, for the games that are generally couch co-op only, here's a way to do it virtually without actually having to be in the same room. Well, yeah, so, and it's being backed by pretty much a lot of the major players in the gaming industry. And that even includes Twitch. And Unity, and Unity, you know, not just the game studios themselves, but even like, you know, Twitch being involved as it is, and Unity being a game engine producer. So yeah, and so it's just a yeah, it's just a campaign. I mean, it's it's good though. I mean, it needs to, you know, I think it's good to promote just yeah, playing, you know, you know, more things for people to consider doing in their own homes. You know, for people that don't generally play video games. It's like, hey, video games exist, and you can play with other people. And even if you aren't up for video games, there's something like Tabletop Simulator, to where you can play your favorite board games of all sorts, virtually, with other people. So, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of, I think, timely that Steam just rolled had just rolled out their own virtual couch co-op. Yeah. system so hmm. they're also yeah. changing how they do bandwidth to help with infrastructure loads yeah it is if i i don't think i'm the only person that's noticed this but if you have steam running and it wants to do an update you're doing will, that update yeah you're not doing anything else over the internet until that update is done it, it pretty much locks down your internet right it I mean, there is a upper end to how much it will use, but for most people, it's going to use up all of your bandwidth. And so, yeah, they're, they've basically have a lot of minor changes that will sort of deal with that. A lot of, uh, yeah, mainly it's just sort of minor changes in the way they're going to do things. But yeah, 
It's kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah. I guess while we're kind of talking about COVID, now we've got two more, I guess. We can end with our big COVID topic. Uh, there's a new Hundle, Humble, Hundle Bundle. Yes, Charlie, speak English correctly. There's a Humble Bundle kind of COVID-19 aid box thing out there. What, what, what's, the f- <laughs> what's the correct phrase? It's got books, it's got games, it's got a lot of stuff in it's- it, as all Humble Bundles do. Yeah, this one's just just way bigger than most. I mean, it's got, uh, it looks like 50 items on it. Yeah, I'm trying to get a list of everything in there. Oh, shit. Uh, It's It's just too many to list. I mean, you can just go over to Humble, the Humble Bundle, and this one will be specifically supporting for Direct Relief, International Rescue Committee, Doctors Without Borders, uh, a.k.a. Medicine Sans Frontières, and Partners in Health. Oh, like, and just to kind of give you some quick highlights, like, it's got Jackbox in there. Why is yeah. Jackbox a big deal? Because it's a great game if you're stuck with your family right now. It's got the rather kind of morbid but death-positive game, A Mortician's Tale. Cool. Um, I mean, it's, it's got a lot of games that I already own. It's got Starfinder own. books in it? What the fuck? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it's yeah, got it's... The Boys. That's reason enough to buy this. Yeah, the comic book version of The Boys. Um, yeah. It's got the... Spawn Volume 1. Hells yes! <laughs> I may yeah, actually have is, to buy this. Which is pretty great. Um, it's got Lumberjanes, which is a great little comic series. It's comic got The series. Witness, a game you might not beat before you get to leave quarantine. Yeah, um, yeah. It's there's. I mean, there's. It's got motorcycle racing. I mean, game. It's 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 a big mixture of many different things. And, it's got Tropico yeah. Four, the prequel to the new Animal Crossing game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. That is so super true. But yeah, there's there's a lot of different things in there. It's got I mean, it's Brutal got- Legend, greatest collection ever. Oh, it's got a tilt brush by Google's uh, kind of art. Uh, it's software. got Agent of Mayhem. Don't get this; it's bad. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a there's a big bunch of crazy stuff included in here. So yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely worth picking up. Well, so uh, and sales of this go to benefit COVID. We're not just pimping this because we feel like it. Yeah, as I mentioned, the four charities yeah. that this is. This is this will be directly where the money will be going, but yeah, the yeah, it's huge. And if you've been there again, if you've been wondering, what am I going to do? Here's like fifty different items. Yeah, go go at it. You can start a Steam backlog with this collection. And it's like, and the minimum price is only thirty bucks for all this stuff. Where thirty bucks would commonly buy you one or two of these things. So. A really good deal. Yep. Yeah. Indeed. And last but not least, I think on our COVID corner this week, we have Game Exchange. A company we've never bothered to talk about on this podcast because have any of us ever been to one? I have. Been to what? Like a game game exchange. exchange. Uh, No, I have not, actually. It is... 
They're a it's southeastern game retailer. It's they have a bit of a reputation of game, of making GameStop look good by comparison. Yeah, they are like they are they are like dumpster version, like worse than dumpster version GameStop, if you can imagine. But yeah, so apparently they are a going to try to keep their stores open, which they're. Yeah, I don't know how well that's going to work out. But also, there is they are giving out bogus advice for facing COVID-19. It's just it's really really bad. Yeah, they're they're using they're sending out advice that's already been debunked by the World Health Organization and the C- CDC. So, yeah. Garbage. They're a garbage company. Don't buy from them. They base their most of their business on the st- absolutely rip-off game reselling model, so yeah. Oh. The old GameStop model, eh? Yeah, but worse. Like, imagine if GameStop only did game reselling. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's 100% the worst part of GameStop. Yeah, we've spent a lot, like, we spent a lot of time dunking on GameStop, but, like, you can buy a new game through GameStop. It's not always been clear if you could buy a new game through Game Exchange. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I because I, I'm you know there again there I'm from the Southwest. Yeah, and it's and so and it's you know they have things in Texas. Yeah, which I like, only know my reputation. I have never been in one. I've just heard the stories where it's like, yeah, wow. They, they I mean that's the thing. Like there are even worse ripoffs on buying resale. You know, reselling games where they're like, "Here's two dollars for a game," and then they'll go around and sell it for forty. Mm. Like they are that. Which, bad to be on fair, GameStop does too. But yes, yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, this is one almost one hundred percent of their model is that, and they they are bad people. And this is just like, yep, they're terrible. Yep, I'm not super surprised, to be honest. Is you talk about even worse vectors for the whole, you know, for used games. It's the fact that most of their products are products that that somebody else has had. It's like, uh yeah. It seems like it's just like it's not a game exchange. It's like you know, sickness exchange. Yep. But that closes off COVID corner for this week, I guess. What the only next? It's the only weekly news segment we do not look forward to every week. Yep. I don't know. Sometimes it's uplifting, but often it's not. Oh, yeah. Ah, let's let's give you an uplifting moment though too. After 383 weeks, or to us laymen's seven motherfucking years, Rocksmith ends its DLC train. We are really are in the end time. I. For those not curious with Rocksmith, Rocksmith is one of those video games that teaches you to play the guitar, and it had just fantastic DLC support. Like, we're not exaggerating when I say it's DLC support that went back seven motherfucking years. It literally did that. Yeah, that's, uh, like, 1,500 songs. Like, uh, precisely, it's 1,570 songs. Yeah. That is a lot of songs. Like, you're you're not going to be rolling through that set of songs easily. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I 
have a copy of Rocksmith somewhere. I had a lot of fun with it when I was playing around with it. I never taught me to. Le- I never learned guitar because I have attention issues, but still, it it's a hell of a program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where to go next? Uh, same vein of things. Terraria has sold over thirty million units. Wow. Mm. Go Terraria. Yep. Good I have. T- I do have Terraria. I almost never play it, but I. I do enjoy it. Yeah. Every so often I'll go back to the little world that I have and play around in it a bit. Yeah. Apparently a celebration of this, they're selling the game for 50% off on all platforms. Uh, so if you're looking to pick that up, pick it up now, I suppose. It was cheap to begin with, but to be yeah. honest, it wasn't. it's not expensive, and now that it's even cheaper, yeah. We've slashed our already low price of $8 to $4. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's not terribly expensive to begin with. It's 2D uh, Minecraft, so it's a bit easier to play. I'll say, in a lot of ways, it's easier to play. So, yep, that's a good option. Yep. Uh, where to go next? Um, Sea of Thieves is coming to PC. Oh, is it finally? No timeline yet, but it's coming to PC. I still stand by if you're buying that game, you should probably buy the one for the Microsoft Store because then you get the Xbox one for free, but that's just me. Probably a good call. Crossplay is a thing. Are they adding crossplay for it? It's always had crossplay, I think. Oh. At least on the uh, Microsoft Store version, it's always had crossplay. Oh. Yep. So if it was coming to PC, if it's coming to PC. It's already been on PC. That's what I'm saying. Like, so I'm like, wait, what? It's coming to Steam. Didn't I say Steam? You said coming to PC. Oh, sorry. It's coming to Steam. My bad. That's that's how synonymous the two are in my brain. I was curious. Like, how is it coming to PC and already has... My bad. This this makes more sense. Yes. Uh, (laughs) The extended beta has ended, and now it's coming to Steam, finally. Okay. Cool. My bad. That that makes the jokes funnier in some ways. (laughs) And you will be able to play... uh, yeah, and you'll still be able to play with the existing player base if you buy it through Steam. I still say you should buy it through Windows Store, but that's neither here nor there. I should go try that game out again. It's been a while. I got nothing better to do. Yeah. Moving on from that to other things that are currently on that are coming to PC, coming to PC Steam or just Steam as I should start calling it from now on. If you already own Fallout 76 on PC. You can get the Steam version for free for a limited amount of time. So that's only valid until April 12th. Yep. Or, yeah, up up through April 12th. So if you own Fallout 76 and also want it on Steam, sure. Uh, for I guess. record, the Wastelanders, you know, the thing that adds NPCs to the fucking game, comes out April 14th, allegedly. Hmm. So, uh, in... What, is that two episodes from now? Look forward to us talking about how that fucking cracks that game open like a hellmouth again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Looking forward to it. We've got some Activision news this week. Uh, first off, they won a kind of bizarre lawsuit they've had going on with the uh, makers of Humvee for a while. I'm not sure I put a link in here for this. Uh, basically, it was that they couldn't use the name Humvee because it's copywritten, and they too accurately depicted the vehicles. Our Activision's argument was First Amendment, so normally this would be kind of a yay for large corporations, but 
this then sets the stage to open all that stuff up for essentially any company. Yeah, I don't... This is weird. Yeah. I don't see how that's a First Amendment thing, using somebody else's product and just saying, we need it to be historically accurate or, you know, or to be, re, you know, accurate to, you know, current day. I mean, you know, whichever Call of Duty you're talking about. Well, it's not like you can make it's, it's it's the argument that they're not violating any copyright because it's just an artistic representation of it. That's been the kind of crux of this thing for a long time, where it's like mm, it's a weird ruling, yeah. and I don't like it. Oh no, we'll see how this backfires in the near future. But I mean, I could see that. All right, so I could see that for like a documentary, yeah, for documentary reasons. But this is. Not a documentary. I don't think anybody could really argue that Call of Duty is documentary, and that's that's the thing. It's like, yeah, if you're if you're actually documenting real life events, you probably need to be able to use things that were actually used at the time, or else it's not going to look right. I mean, you know, just imagine if you're watching something and like everybody instead of using, you know, like guns, everybody's carrying around muskets or something. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I can see that, but uh, this is, I, I hope, I haven't read the ruling, but I hope that it's a limited enough ruling where it doesn't just open it up to where, hey, we'll just take your product and put it in our game, ha ha. Because uh, as we've reported on before, it's already been a thing that, you know, sort of smaller artists, you know, independent artists are having their assets straight up stolen and put onto various products, you know, and I don't want to see that start happening with video games. They're like where they see somebody's created a cool character and that has a, yeah. And then you just stick it in their game. They're I don't like, think oh, it's well. quite that broad. My, I think my understanding of the original lawsuit was the idea that Humvees are so commonplace and so much of the time and stuff like that, or of the setting that they should be allowed to do it, it's, it's yeah. not clear. Like, it was also one of those ones where it's like, the argument was, other games have been using this forever, why are you coming after us? Mm. Mm. And really, it's just because Humvees are, but I mean, most guns are a specific brand as well, but yeah. Hmm. It is interesting. The whole, yeah, everything around that's kind of interesting, and yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a mixed bag, I think personally, because like, I I get the artistic side of it, but at this point, like, what it where is it you draw the line where you're just ripping off blatant brands and things like that? Eventually, like, it's weird. I kind of like the way, um, what's his name does it? Oh, uh, Tarantino does it where he makes up his own fake brands and stuff. Yeah, so. And that's what a lot of games do as well. You'll just see something slightly off the mark. I mean, we've seen that in the GTA games where it's obviously supposed to be suggesting like a popular type of car or just a well-known car, but it has a completely yeah. different name and yeah. a slightly different styling so that they don't have to worry about the old trademark issue. They want to make you make it feel like reality, but they don't necessarily want to have to license every single type of car ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to just tack on the other Call of Duty? Yep. News? I've got to make this the Call of Duty corner, I guess. Uh, 
Activision is perma-banned over 50,000 people in uh, Call of Duty Warzone. That's their Battle Royale mode. Oh, really? I feel like a bunch... I, I'm not sure if it was all of this, but like I think like at least 10,000 of these were premature to the game mode even coming out or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> Probably from people that were cheating in the yeah. game in general, I guess, that were already had VAC bans. This isn't VAC because it's um, it's on a fuck. Uh, it's Activision. on a uh, yeah. It's, it's on the Blizzard Activision launcher now. Yeah, zero tolerance. Yep. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, cheaters gonna get banned eventually. I like it permanently. Yep. All right, and our last two. I think it's the last two this week. Yeah, last two this week. Um, you want to do BAFTA or you want to do Unity first? Oh no, we got um, one more after that. We'll end with that one. We we got a we got a few more yeah. uh, than that. Uh, <laughs> all right, so yeah, I'll I'll just go ahead and talk about the BAFTA. So the BAFTA had their right, games awards. Uh, BAFTA has their game awards, and well, two in particular, which aren't terribly surprising, kind of won a lot: Outer Wilds and Disco Elysium. So best game overall: Outer Wilds. Best uh, debut game, Disco Elysium. I guess the debut is for you know the first product of a company. Uh, family game, Untitled Goose Game, which I think it's hilarious. That's a family game. It absolutely <laughs> is stealing hearts and it minds is. of families. Yep, oh, it is. It is, but it's just like the fact that you are you are the goose chaos of destruction goose. But yeah. Uh, Game design went to Outer Wilds. Multiplayer, Apex Legends. Hmm. Uh, music, Disco Elysium. Narrative, Disco Elysium. Original property, Outer Wilds. Technical achievement went to Death Stranding. Interesting. Uh, the EE Mobile Game of the Year. Call of Duty Mobile. And audio achievement, Ape Out. You know, I haven't played Call of Duty Mobile, so I, I can't really speak for that, but you know I... I, but <laughs> I'm, I'm still playing KOF All-Star, so I'm like, which, like I said, it's probably the least, it is the least sort of, yeah, a parasitic kind of, you know, openly, openly just rip-off game I've ever played on a mobile, to be honest. It's just like, here is literally free everything constantly. We're just going to throw so many free things at you. You, 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 yeah, it's the most generous game. It's like, that should win some awards just for that. It's just like, most generous mobile game. But, yeah. Yeah. And Audio Achievement, Ape Out, which I'm not super familiar with. It's um, a kind of rhythmy game similar to um oh god uh hotline miami okay mm. hmm. yeah if i had All scrolled right. up a couple minutes ago we wouldn't be having this awkward moment now but we got a lot more news to get through that i just didn't see because i'd scrolled down in our news docket uh <laughs> uni launches unite now for devs for free yep unite now it's just a be able to take online classes if you're interested in learning how to use unity as a developer, they're offering the classes. They will both be taking place live, but they will also have VODs they can watch later. But this is because their normal Unite conference, of course, is not going to take place. So instead, they're like, 
here's free courses to learn how to make video games using Unity. And it, it looks like they're covering everything from beginner to advanced. So that's pretty cool. So it's something you might want to take advantage of if you're interested in learning how to develop on the Unity platform. All right. What next? Oh, I... I'm not sure what we end this with. I, I'm kind of thinking... Um, <laughs> okay, let's kind of get into the Charlie Gets Punchy category of things with uh, The Last of Us has been indefinitely delayed. Yeah, that one's crazy. Like, But yeah, I kind of get it because this is a... I see it as being a, definitely a development development intensive game and so it's like, you know what? If they're like, we're not sure... When we yeah. get finished with this, that's better than saying we're just going to force a artificial launch date, anyways. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, is Naughty Dog has not been good about about brunch at all, and so yeah, yeah. I... So you know what? Hopefully that means, but though I'm not, you know, of course we know it doesn't for sure mean. Hopefully that means they're like. We're not just gonna like make pe- make people work eighty hours a week to get this thing done. We're just out of this point. We don't know, so well, no, let's we'll see. Yeah, we shall see on this one definitely. I I forgot that game was almost ready to come out too, and I'm like, huh? Oh yeah. yeah. I'm sure some people are angry about that right now. Speaking of things to be angry about, though, Cloud Imperium Games, aka Sig, aka the people behind Star Citizen just raised another seventeen point two five million. Oh my god! Oh, How why? does this keep happening? Why are people? Why do people keep throwing money at this project? I just don't. I don't understand. Well, this work gets crazier. This is from existing investors. They didn't go out and find new investors. They got people that are already invested in the project to cough up another seventeen point two five million. Yeah, it just seems like they don't know what they don't. They 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 somehow don't know what they're doing, but people keep throwing money at them like they think they do. They don't. <laughs> and let me just let me just tell any any possible investors, you know, current or new ones. You know, cons- people considering newly investing in it. Why? These people don't know what they're doing. Cloud Imperium does not know what it's doing. Like, seriously. Well, they maybe they do. No I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but they don't know what they're doing with over $275 million in financing they've already got. Yeah. Like, they could have finished ten games at this point, I feel That's like. That's the kind of money countries have. Yeah. Like, you could buy Monaco. <laughs> Stupid. Or, no, smaller than Monaco. But, yeah, you that's ridiculous. What are you doing? They're buying Monaco. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah. They're just, they're just gonna buy, yeah, they're just gonna buy a small country at this point. Might as well. Yeah. Uh, next up, they're bringing the Outer Worlds to Switch. That's neat. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of my reaction to it, too. Whenever I read these, I'm like, that's neat, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Don't expect it to be the best version of that game. Yeah. Next up, uh, Pokemon Go, in an effort to let you keep playing that game from home, 
will let you start raiding from home. Which is pretty cool. There again. How long until this game is just Pokemon and the Go is kind of an afterthought? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't know about that one. (laughs) You still playing that game, Alex? Uh, not a lot, to be honest with you. So. I'm, uh. Yeah, I. I, I have not played anywhere near as much as I thought I would again. Like, I, I, I've i just been happy doing other stuff. But yeah, no, not so much anymore. Alright, we got our kind of last light and fluffy one before you before we close out an absolute fucking downer of an art of a news thing worth reporting on. Uh, this one's kind of fun. So, uh, Star Wars Jedi Academy, a game famous for being on PC for a long time, has come to Switch. And apparently it has... shit. Hmm? That is my shit, Jedi Academy. Well, so, and it's not clear if it was intentional or accidental or secret or whatever, but there was PC versus Switch crossplay. I see this as an absolute... Mm. I Switch players got fucking massacred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has happened with multiple games. It's just the... For certain types of gameplay, specifically FPS usually, it's just... Mouse and keyboard is going to be is always going to be better than I would go so than, far as to say controller. anything versus the switch when it comes down to controls wins like a GameCube yep. controller plugged into a PS2 via a bunch of adapters still probably controls better than a Joy-Con. <laughs> Just throwing that one out there cuz I'm an asshole. <laughs> but yeah. Not much more of a story on that one, just a lot of people are real upset about the one-sided slaughter going on. Also, remember, that means all the people that stuck with Jedi Academy and have just become, like, gladiator murderers have been unleashed on a relatively new fan base on a new platform. (laughs) Yeah. That too. Yeah. This makes me very happy. It should, it's pretty funny. Uh, but what's not funny is our final kind of news thing of this week. Um, we're going to talk about Gearbox. Uh, we're going to talk about, I guess, uh, Borderlands 3 and good old Randy Pitchford indirectly as part of this whole thing. So uh, before we get to that, let's take a step back and talk about Gearbox in a grand schism of things. Uh, Gearbox for a long time has been a little bit unique in the gaming industry. It doesn't pay quite as well as most other gaming developers do, but what it does offer is profit sharing. So the idea being that you have a banger of a game, you get a bonus out of it. We're not talking like small bonuses. We're talking like five, six figure bonuses. Like part of Gearbox's recruiting system for a long time has been that you could buy a house off your bonus off of certain games and stuff like that, which ain't a half bad deal potentially. Uh, where that falls short is apparently, uh, let's look at Gearbox's past record of video games. Uh, we're talking Battleborn, which didn't do super great, and Alien Colonial Marines, uh, uh, sorry, Alien Colonial Marines are the last two games between Borderlands 2 and now. Neither of which kind of blew the world up, probably not a lot of bonuses out of that, so, uh, yeah, Borderlands Three, a game that, by all measures, whether you bought it on the gear, whether you bought it on Steam when it came out finally, or Epic Store, or whatever, or whatever your plum, 
has in theory done gangbusters. Wouldn't you expect to translate to decent bonuses for Gearbox employees based on this kind of much-lauded revenue split system? I mean, you would expect so, yes. Yeah, but the fact we're talking about it means it's not happening because we're cynical bastards. So, it has come out that the manufacturing of this game, whether it be the marketing, the actual time spent putting into the game up, the way these types of things work is you pay back the company first. Like, any... Any expenses are subtracted that are owed from the kind of bonus pool. And the bonuses are going to be real shit, apparently, this time around. There's still bonuses, which is nice, but they're nowhere near as meaningful as kind of previously stated or previously hinted at or previously been. Yeah, and the thing is, this also runs into the problem that, well, there is a sort of one suit where it was alleged that Pitchford got a twelve million dollar bonus, which I think that actually did happen. Like that's not just yeah, that's not for debate. That actually happened. Whereas you know where it came from, what part of the kind of profits it came from was the question. But in any case, the fact that he got to take home twelve million, and you know what, that by itself could have covered some hefty bonuses for everybody in the company by itself. Yep. So yeah, that's the thing that happened. So I mean, yeah, that doesn't that's not a good look when you're pulling in twelve million by yourself and then telling everybody else, no, nah, we don't have enough for you. Yeah, that's not a good look at all. So Yeah. Yep. Well and like this is where it gets a little bit worse because uh Randy Pitchford of uh this story and other kind of scumbag famous douchebaggy story fame, the response to all of this was if employees weren't happy they could quit. Yep. Wow. This really? is why we, this is why we need fucking unions. We need unions in the video game industry or a union, I should say. A union just to cover everybody and then yeah, when they pull stuff like that, the union just kind of says, "Nope. That's not happening unless you want nothing created by your company for a while." Yep. What a fucking dick move. Holy shit. Oh yeah. Like I said, that on top of the fact that, you know, when the boss takes home $12 million as a bonus, yeah, this makes them look like incredible And, and like, let's, like, let's clarify one thing. The, the revenue split is 60-40. Allegedly, that $12 million bonus came out of the company's 60, but we're not accountants or anything, so we can't really speculate on kind of how that might ebb and flow. So it's... It's a real bad look, especially given kind of all the stuff going on with Gearbox. The fact that we're here again being like, man, what the fuck is up with Randy Pitchford? Yep. Because the thing is, they are privately owned. Yep. So he's he's calling all the shots. Like, it's not like there's investors demanding something. Yeah. He, he, he runs the show. Yeah. Yep! Well, that's our news segment this week. Uh, thank you for joining us. I didn't miss anything, did I? No, I nope. think you got everything. Alright, cool. So, as mentioned last week, but not said because we forgot to say the email address, I am holding on to all your wonderful emails so we can have a big extended email segment in three episodes for episode 200 when Jeff is back and all that stuff. So, send in your Jeff dating questions, send in questions you think will, t- air, will age poorly, send in questions you want answered in general. Uh, we always love questions, et cetera, et cetera. But yes, if you wanted to send us those questions, where would you send those questions to, Alex? 
you would simply send them to wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Down in the show notes, spelled as it sounds, etc., etc. Send them in. The more we got, the more fun we can have with them in a couple weeks. So, yeah. Wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. It's an email address. And I can't promise this, but I suspect Jeff will be back with his fake way of contacting us as part of this segment. So, if you've missed that, you can look forward to that. No doubt it will involve tattoos and carrier pigeons and Navy SEAL operatives and James Bond and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. I digress. Yeah, send them in. We're excited for to do that. I'm hoping it'll be yeah. a slow news week, too, so we get to just go full. Yeah, it's episode 200. Yeah. We shouldn't have gotten this far. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling punch. We may read off the top, like, 10 download countries we have or something. Hmm. Could be neat, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. At the same, if you've got any suggestions for what we should do for episode 200, send them in. We might, I might incorporate some of them into the show. We will see. But that does it for this week. Uh, anyone got anything they want to talk about before we close it out? Um, I don't have anything at the moment other than uh, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the fun stuff with our 200th episode. Yeah. Yeah, same. Definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, um, I am Kraken Zero. That's Z E R Zero on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, anyway. So I am still occasionally posting on those. But yep, that's yeah. yeah. I don't have anything else to add. I think that does it. Who wants to close it out this week? Heal the battle. <laughs>